Thank you for listening to our interview with New Thought author and practitioner of the Toltec, Mr. Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., about his latest book, The Mastery of Self, A Toltec Guide to Personal Freedom. In that book, Mr. Ruiz talks about a question that was posed to him by his first Toltec teacher and grandmother. The question was, Miguel, are you using knowledge, or is knowledge using you? Let's listen as he goes beyond the book material to give us additional insight into this question and how he puts it to use in his daily practice. I'd like to introduce to you today a new thought author and a practicing practitioner of the Toltec, Mr. Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., and his latest book, The Mastery of Self, A Toltec Guide to Personal Freedom. How's it going? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Now, the first question I had is I see that um, you had mentioned one of your aha moments and you feel that needs, you know, different interpretations to fully grasp the insight because I, too, when I'm reading it, I had a hard time wrapping my head around what, this is a question that your grandmother posed to you and she was actually your first uh, Toltec teacher and she posed the question, Miguel, are you using knowledge mm -hmm. or is knowledge using you? Mm -hmm. And um, what was she saying? What was she, what was the insight? I, I've come to you know, come to the conclusion is she's talking about basing um, your life on a, a outline of different um, levels of, I guess, knowledge as in like conditions. Well, yes and no. Um, what she's asking, and she asked me when I was 14 years old, do you control knowledge or does knowledge control you? And at the age of 14, I had no idea what she meant. Absolutely no idea. And but basically throughout my apprenticeship with her and through life, I've been able to answer that question now, but realize that with our attachments, with our beliefs, that answer is going to be different. So in the five levels of attachment, I answer that question from each point of view. Using the levels of attachment, I'll answer that. So level one, the authentic self. Let's imagine a flower that is completely open and let's call this flower awareness. This flower is completely open as I'm aware that I'm alive. I'm a living being that at this very moment, I am the sum of every choice that I've ever made. And I'm also the youngest I will ever be. I'm alive. Regardless of whatever I think, regardless of what I know, regardless of whatever knowledge I have, I'm alive. So the answer to my grandma's question is exactly that. I am the authentic self, which is just another word. And I'm alive. And I'm aware that I'm alive, regardless of knowledge. So knowledge has no control over me because I'm alive. I'm a living being with a full capacity to go in any direction in life. You see, the energy that moves my arms, that moves my legs, is the same energy I use to create a thought. And at the root of every belief I have, there's a yes. So my mind can think of all these infinite possibilities. And if I like one of them, then I'll say yes. If I don't like them, I'll say no. So that from that point of view, the answer is I'm a living being. Level two, preference. Now imagine this flower engages a moment and it closes down just briefly. I say engages a moment. And when the moment is over, it opens up again. It's a pulsating flower that engage, closes whatever time it engages something and opens up whenever it disattaches itself. You can call it attachment, detach, attach, detach, attach, detach. You see, an attachment is something quite normal. 
An attachment is an investment of ourselves emotionally, psychologically, energetically, intellectually, something to something. We make something that's not a part of us a part of us through that investment. Which means what makes it unhealthy is when the moment comes that we are not able to let go, to detach. So at this level, preference, an attachment is a natural thing because when the moment ends, I'm able to detach. So the answer to my grandmother's question at level two, preference, is I am aware that I'm a living being, that I'm the authentic self. And I'm going to use knowledge as an instrument that is going to inform my choice, which means out of all the potential directions I can go in life, knowledge is my instrument that allows me to navigate the world. It's the instrument that is going to allow me to make a choice. It's just an instrument. Like I said before, the energy that allows me to move my leg, to move my arm, is the same energy I used to create a thought. And at the root of every belief there is, there is a yes, which means knowledge is alive because I give it life, or it exists because I give it the intent to exist. So knowledge is an instrument that informs my choice, but I am the authentic self. Level three, identity. Imagine a flower that engages the moment but when the moment is over, it's unable to detach. It stays closed. Because the mind can go in any direction in life, my preference in life, like in level two, is to say yes to that direction. But when the moment is over, I'm able to detach. And the way we do that is by giving ourselves a symbol, an idea. I can call myself a Toltec. I can call myself a vegan. I can call myself a runner. I can call myself a father, a husband, all these things. I see myself as an identity, as a symbol with a definition. So at that point, my preference in life, I'm going to use that to inform who I am through a symbol, which means the answer to my grandmother's question at level three is knowledge and I are one. We're one in the same. You can say it's when I start seeing myself as the mind. So from that point of view, I attach to a moment and when the moment is over, I'm unable to detach because now it's a part of me. It's a part of who I am, my identity or my mask. So at this point, who I am, what I am is based on a symbol with a definition, which is a mask, which is identity. And there's nothing wrong with this. I, I, to be honest with you, it's a form of an icebreaker. It allows me to identify the world because the world or the dream of the planet or society has one condition, which is I need to know who you are. I need to know who you are so I, I know how to interact with you. It's like an icebreaker. It allows me to relate with people who have the same preference in life as I do, which is, is, is a nice thing. It's a beautiful thing. And for as long as we are alive, we will have a mind. So there's nothing wrong with that. But there is a slippery slope. Level four, internalization. And the internalize, internalization is I use my identity to domesticate myself, to subjugate myself. So the answer to my grandmother's question is knowledge gives me the rules by which I live my life and the rules by which I love myself. You can say that the flower closes even more because now I have attached myself to such a point that my beliefs now dictate what I say yes and no to. It dictates my relationships. It dictates who I'm going to hang out with. And more important than that, it dictates how I'm going to love. 
which is at this point conditionally. So now this identity, which used to be just a symbol, now represents a way I see myself and love myself. So it controls me. This is when knowledge begins to control my actions with these rules. Because now I'm supposed to do this, now I'm supposed to do that, I'm supposed to embrace these people, I'm supposed to reject these other people, I'm supposed to love these other people, I'm supposed to hate, and the prejudice that exists that comes with it. And little by little, that, that icebreaker, that identity was, now becomes a us against them. You're one of us, you're not one of us. It's, it's, it's a division. So at this point, it has complete control. So at level five, fanaticism, that flower closes even more to the point where I don't recognize the humanity of another individual. At this, answer, at this point, knowledge has complete and total control of who I am because it dictates me who I'm supposed to be. Who I'm so, it's, it's similar to Don Quixote de la Mancha and having all his books of chivalry tell him what he can do. If, if it's not in those books, he can't do it. So at that point, hate, anger, prejudice, they're just instruments by, of conditional love. You see, the opposite of love is love. Or the opposite of unconditional love is conditional love. And at level five is the extreme. If level one is the most extreme expression of unconditional love there is, level five is the most extreme form of conditional love. It's the opposite. And that's what gives strength to our condition, to our domestication, to our... So that idea of who, do you control knowledge or does knowledge control you, it basically is the awareness that when I control knowledge, I'm aware that I am the source of my thoughts, that my thoughts are my creation. When knowledge controls me, my thoughts, my beliefs dictate who I am and it control my will. You can say that the more attached I am to something, the less freedom I have, the, the less personal freedom to say yes and no. Because my fanaticism, my domestication at level four and level five fanaticism, my domestication has complete control of my will. Whereas level two and level three and level one, my will is completely free. I say yes when I want to say yes and I say no when I want to say no. And I have complete ability to see myself as a human being. And that ability to see myself as a human being, as a living being, is what allows me to see another person as a living being. When I'm attached to my beliefs at level four or level five, I don't see myself as a human being. I see myself as a symbol, which means I don't see the humanity in other people. I only see the personification of an idea or a belief that I either agree with or disagree with. And you can say that's a way that the world, that the dream of the planet is right now. So it's a question of, am I free or am I subjugated? And what subjugates me? My own beliefs, my own knowledge. And knowledge, just to put it into perspective, just to give an idea, let's say knowledge is a mirror that reflects life as is. It puts it into symbols, ideas, and concepts that we can allow to ourselves to understand. Knowledge is allowing ourselves the ability to understand the world through a symbol that represents something tangible, something abstract, something that goes beyond the imagination and the things that go with our imagination. It's the way we share with one another 
our ideas. It's the bridge. Knowledge is a bridge that allows me to understand you and you understand me. So when that mirror is reflecting life as is without distortion is what we know as the truth through the point of view of knowledge. But when that mirror is completely distorted and corrupted, the reflection will be distorted and there will be lies in the illusion. So knowledge is just simply that, a bridge that allows us to understand one another. It allows us to share with one another, one, what we've learned from the world, one, another, what we've understand of ourselves and of each other, and the other is how we're able to co-create together our, the dream of us, our society, our culture, our community. And from that point of view, it's a beautiful tool that can easily be corrupted by my attachment. That's true. <clears throat> the other thing, I just want to ask one more question and then um, basically just get to uh, your new book. The other question, um, I think either your dad was asked or he, when they were talking about this agreement on Oprah, um, he said this was his favorite agreement and it was the, uh, the agreement of do your best because mm -hmm. he says the other three are in your mind. Mm -hmm. Do your best is like manifesting. Mm -hmm. And I like to ask, what's yours? Is it the same or, and why? Oh yeah, uh, because to me, uh, always doing your best is the expression of unconditional love, is the willingness to see yourself for who you are at this very moment. You're not pretending to be something you are not. You, this is who you are. I'm alive, and at this moment, I'm able to do some things. For example, this afternoon, this morning, I ran five miles, and I ran it comfortably. If I start running right now, I may or may not be able to run five miles because the body is already tired. Am I able to run five miles? Yes. Will it be at the same level as I did this morning? I don't know. I'll find out. And the only way I find out is by action. And at that action, I'll find out the truth, what my body allows me to do, because there are days where I'm able to run 16 miles and 14 miles, and then three or four days later, I'm not able to run 13 or 14 or 16 miles. I'm only able to run five because the body is tired. But doing my best means to use my effort to manifest it, to use the energy that allows me to move my legs, to move my arms, to create something, to create a thought. I'm able. I'm able to do that. And my best will always fluctuate, but the ability to engage is always there. You know, for example, last week I did my best to get here and to the point where the police says, turn back, you can't go because it's unsafe, because of a landslide, or a mudslide actually, that went on, on Highway 80 that didn't allow me. Then the other road was also backed up because of an accident, and the other one was because of a landslide. I did my best to get there. I, I did three hours in the car, sat there the best I could, and then the truth was given to me, and it says, at this very moment, you can't pass. And that's the truth, and you accept it. So. There's a difference between surrender and giving up. Giving up is letting go of your effort to create something created by self-doubt. Surrendering is accepting the truth and realizing that at this very moment, this is as far as I'm getting. I accept the truth. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to give up. I'm going to find a different way. And I'm going to find another way. Well, the other way was in this case, I was going to give a class that Monday so we just found another Monday to do that class all over again. So we found a way. And that's the point. I did my best. If I couldn't do it that day, we came up with a new agreement, with a new belief, with a new idea 
And you know what? We said we all liked it. So all right, I'm still gonna do the class. I found a way to do it. But instead of playing with, with uh, time and space in that day of doing it that day, I we just came up with an idea saying it. Let's do it another day. Let's, let's use another day to apply that effort. And we we're doing it. And here we are. So that's doing your best. It's my favorite because being impeccable with the word is to become aware that either use my word to liberate myself, to love myself unconditionally, or to domesticate myself and subjugate myself. I'm not making an assumption, is believing, becoming aware that I can create a potential story of a, of a part truth that I don't know the whole of it, and I project that missing part in order to create that full truth, but it's not the truth, it's just a potential story. It's just me filling in the space because I need to know. Not taking things personally, it's becoming aware that I only control my own will, I don't control the will of another. And all three of them require action. Because without that action, it's just a thought. It's just, it's just a symbol that is inert. But like any other symbol, when you use it, when you use your intent through it, it becomes alive. And that's where always doing your best comes in, as well as being uh, the fifth agreement, be skeptical but learn to listen. Be skeptical is holding back your yes, holding back your no, not make a choice until you, you're you able to listen and use your reason in order to make a decision if this will survive your scrutiny or not. They all require action, and that's the thing about that fourth agreement, always doing your best, is becoming aware of who am I, what am I at this very moment, not as a definition, but, but as the experience of who I am at this very moment and accepting the truth of who I am. And at this very moment, I'm alive. I'm the sum of every choice I've ever made. And I'm also the youngest I will ever be. How do I want to live my life? And you know what I like, too, about doing your best, too. If you do your best, um, even if others do judge you, um, there's no room for you to judge yourself because you know you did your best either way. Mm -hmm. um, I had a follow-up question. Um, you know, either you or from, you know, all the people that you've worked through and encountered, which do they find, or you, or all, find the hardest agreement to live up to or to get used to? Well, in your question lies the reason why it's difficult. Live up to. Live up to. Okay. It, it's, you, you, the, the, when I was much younger, they used to answer the same question, and I used to answer taking things personally or making, uh, or being a popular with the word. It was always... Be, between the two when I was younger. Then I realized the reason why they're difficult it was because I was pretending to be something I am not. So it was difficult to practice it because I was pretending to be something that I wasn't. I was pretending that I was the kind of guy that didn't take things personal. I was always uh, impeccable with my word. And then I realized that's not truth. That's not who I am. So you start with the truth. I accept the truth. I take things personally. And sometimes I'm not impeccable with my word. I accept the truth, and when I become aware of that truth, I realize that I have a choice. I read the book, I understand the concept, that I have to, a choice of saying, I want to take it personally, I don't want to take it personal. I'm free to say yes to either one. So from that point of view, all of them are easy when I want to say yes to them. Exactly. They're difficult when I want to say no, and that's the truth. When I want to say no to them, it's the most difficult thing. And then I reject myself and I, I can domesticate myself with it. And that's the thing. I, that's when I became aware of the four conditions. 
the four agreements and the four conditions. They look exactly the same, they sound exactly the same, but one of them is used as an instrument to domesticate myself, that I have to live up to an image. And if I live up to that image, I'm acceptable of myself. If I don't live up to that, that image, then I reject myself. That's conditional love. So I want to use the four agreements as the four conditions to love myself conditionally and others. But when I use the four agreements, they're instruments that inform my choice, and I'm the one making the choice. That's when it becomes easy, because that's what I want to say yes to, because I accept myself. When I love myself unconditionally, when I'm doing my best, is that I'm aware that I'm free to say yes to taking things personal, and I'm also free to say yes to not taking it personal. I'm free to say either one, because I accept myself. I accept the truth. And when I accept the truth, I have a choice. And when I say, I don't want to make things personal, I take things personal, that's when that agreement becomes alive because I used it to inform my choice. It's an excellent, they're all ex excellent tools too for um, intuition. I mean, just everything falls in place just as you know, your father said too. I think he says, I don't know if he says poof, but he says when you follow all four like magic, yeah. your life changes and it's true. You know? Yeah, because you're making, one, you're making new agreements, but you also become aware of how we use our intent to, for example, with being impeccable with the word, becoming aware that we, we can either use our words to domesticate ourselves, to subjugate ourselves, or to love ourselves condition, conditionally. But if we use it impeccably, then we can use the word to liberate ourselves, to love ourselves unconditionally, and express our own free will. And uh, so before I let you go, uh, if you could just give us a little summary about what you'd like to share on your uh, latest book or keynotes of the book called The, Mas the Mastery of Self. It's a beautiful book and it has the most amazing art. Oh, thank you. Well, for me, in the summary, just to keep it brief, is to the moment where I stop pretending to be something I'm not and accept myself for who I am. And the practice of that makes me a master, a master of being me. The master of a living being that is, becomes aware that I can use my intent to create wonderful things. Just as much as I'm capable of creating the perfect nightmare for myself, I'm perfectly capable of creating the most harmonious dream. So the mastery of self is becoming aware that I'm alive, that who I am right now, and I can go in any direction in life. I can say yes to the things I want to say yes to, and say no to the things I want to say no to. And realize that life has all the right to say no to me. So you can say that it's the ability to apply the effort in my life to create something. So like I said before, I had a teacher once that said, the key to enlightenment is effort. Well, with my experience, I've added discipline is remembering to apply that effort every day and success is following through. So basically, the master of self is simply that individual that becomes a master of being him or herself and not pretend to be something they're not. Kind of like getting, up, getting in um, contact little by little, baby steps to your higher self. Well, that's, well, that's the thing. Even the word higher self, we're creating... A, 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 if we can, we can use that word to domesticate ourselves, to create an illusion that doesn't exist, or we realize that the higher self is the same as my low self, as the one that's the middle. 
I am it. I am, I am, I am all. I am alive. I am the energy that gives life to this body. I'm the energy that gives life to this mind. And I'm the energy that gives life to, life to my love. So the higher self, lower self, middle self, it's all me. The reason why the fifth, uh, the five, the fifth level of attachment, attach, uh, the fanaticism, the reason why that is so strong is because we are very strong. We are that powerful. I'm always the authentic self. When I first started this journey, I used to think that the, that the, the best example of level one was the, the Dalai Lama and Jesus and all the great masters of the world. And then I realized that we're all the authentic self. We're just not aware of it. We're just not aware because we're so attached to I am not. And I'm attached to what I should be. That I'm not able to see myself. That I am... I'm a living being. I'm alive. And while I'm alive, everything is possible. To me, that is this self, this, this being that sees him or herself. So we can use the word higher being to, to describe something. It, remember what I said about knowledge, when life, knowledge reflects life as this without a, as a clean reflection, it's just a word that describes this very high vibration. But when we corrupt it, we, you can use the high, higher self as this goal to attain. And when we use it like that, it becomes a trap. We can use it to domesticate ourselves. It says, I only, I'm worthy of love only when I'm able to reach that higher self. And the, you can already hear the trap. That's, that's the corruption I was describing to you, that, that, wind, that mirror that no longer reflects life as is. So the whole point of this is to clean our knowledge to clean our words that's what being impeccable is to clean our words to understand that the meaning we give the words we can either let them be a clean reflection of life or we can corrupt it all and lose ourselves with that attachment All right, well, I'll let you get to your uh, workshop, and uh, that was great. Oh, thank you, man. Um, Appreciate it. And it's a wonderful book. Uh, I've read um, both of your books. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, if you read any other ones. No, yeah, I do, but let me add something to what I said. Oh, yeah, sure. You can, you can, that's one way of seeing it, that last thing I said about the higher self and uh, everyone. There's a difference between a creating a goal and obsessing over a goal. Obsessing over a goal is creating that attachment to an idea that we domesticate ourselves, but we are a living being. And in order to create, our goal is just a focal point of the direction we want to go in life. It's just that's the direction I want to go in. Passion is the ability to create it, to take that step forward. And then you realize that you were always that higher self or lower self or middle self. You were always that divinity. You were always that authentic self, even before you took a step. So all of a sudden, goals change. Instead of my acceptance being somewhere in the future, my acceptance is here right now. And from there, I can go in any direction based on what I want to create. Because I already have that goal that I thought I could have. It's here. And that is to respect myself as, a, as the living being that I am. And because of that, I am worthy of my own love. When I have that, and when I, because I have it, all of a sudden, 
the direction I want to go in life changes. It goes from it should be to what is, what I'm able to create. This is the clay I get to play with. What do I want to create with it? From that point of view, to go in any direction in life is just how do I want to express my life? And that's why we call ourselves Toltec. Because the canvas for our art is our life. And the chisel, the pen and paper that I use is my yes and my no, my will. So from that point of view, what do I want to create with the love I have for myself? Wow. Yeah, at that, at that vantage point too, you are exactly where you need to be and you have all the tools instead of uh, reaching or trying to find different tools, different people to help achieve something that you know that you're capable of. It's like that symbol that you see right there. You see that? That little circle is awesome. I go and use my voice and it gets really big. I quiet down and it gets really low. That's, that's life. I can go in any direction in life, but I'm always the source. That focal point in the center. That's me. And that is an awesome way to view things. All right, Miguel. I appreciate yes, everything. Muchas gracias. Thank and, you. Uh, I will enjoy the rest. Glad, of glad, glad we're able finally able to do the interview. And I'm sorry for last week, but oh yeah, no, <laughs> the road just didn't make it. Yeah, I got here, and then um, I was actually the first one to find out. I got the email, and then everybody else. Oh, there, there was just it was just me and the sound guy. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, I was trying to call, and I was calling and calling and calling, and no answer. No. I was on the phone like, hey, everyone, <laughs> anyone? So. <laughs> This is great. Well, I'm glad you uh, you made it tonight, and yeah. I'm going to look for another amazing night as right. the last three were. Yeah, so it'll be fun. All right, thank cool. you. Cool, thank you.